Welcome, everyone. I'm Adam Petrus, sitting alongside Hale Henches, the former Alabama and NFL tight end, and now Zebra colleague. And you're listening to Chalk Talk, a podcast series in which we analyze the wide world of sports and entertainment through the unique vantage point of technology and business. Today, we have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Sean Payton, former New Orleans Saints head coach and an NFL legend in his own right, who is getting ready to write a new chapter in sports history. Coach, I have to say, you have had an incredible career in and around the NFL. You're a Super Bowl champion, recipient of the AP Coach of the Year Award, 16 seasons as a head coach in New Orleans, three NFC championships, nine total playoff berths with seven divisional titles. I mean, they made a movie about you starring A-listers like Kevin James and Taylor Lautner. You know your story is great when they roll out the cameras and they roll out the red carpet for you. And now, welcome to Chalk Talk, Coach. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, and I'll say this: it, it didn't feel like 16 years. It felt uh, it felt more like 10 or 12. But uh, I was fortunate and blessed to have a, uh, a great opportunity in New Orleans, and uh, and and the same with being a partner with Zebra. Uh, I uh, it, it doesn't feel like as long as it's been. Uh, shoot, we're over five years now, and you know it's it's uh, it's been a nice. It's been a really good ride, and uh, and I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about the network job coming up this this fall. Yeah, you know, was your movie movie cameo was that inspired to get out in front of the cameras full time? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't think there's a career uh, in acting. Um, and when you when you do one of those cameos and they give you the lines and then you watch the professionals. Uh, rehearse and go through their their script and their lines and then you do it and they ask for about five different takes you know you're not doing well so um, it was fun Uh, but I think um, yeah I think I think in the studio uh, for Fox on on NFL game days is something I look forward to because you can discuss the game and you can discuss the, the weekend games and and have some insight maybe that uh is different or unique Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's that's certainly something I think we're all very much looking forward to hearing you do that as well. And, you know, there's been a lot of people who have made that similar transition, you know, a lot of legends in their own right who have moved from the, the field to you know, up in the studio. Are you asking any of those people for any advice or tips or what does that look like as you make your transition? Yeah, well, we had an event, more of an orientation and those questions come up all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's important just to, to get an idea of, of, Hey, what are the, what are the challenges? Um, what are the things that, uh, what are the things that have helped them? And so I think that, yeah, that learning or, or asking doesn't ever stop. And, and I think, uh, I'm fortunate to be going to a, a group that has done it so well for so long. Um, We've, we've always, it seemed like, played a lot of our games, the majority of our games on Fox because we were in the NFC. And uh, so that joining that team and being a part of uh, that group, uh, I, I think, is, is, is exciting. Well said. Yeah, th- no, thank you for that. And, um, you know, do you obviously coaching anything you do, playing, you know, whether in biz- business, what have you, it's all about expectations, right? And setting a, a proper expectation to how you want something to go. 
do you have any expectations of your, you know, your first year, maybe a couple years as a as your new role as a studio analyst, or how do you envision that going in, in your mind? Well, one of the challenges, I think, compared to coaching or playing, or it, it's it's hard to measure sometimes, as uh, you know, you get graded each week with a winner or a loss. I I think I think it's important to become a real good team member and, and, and understand that they've had a lot of success. They've been very good at uh, the, the pregame show, the early morning show. And so I think it's uh, uh, most importantly about the relationships and fitting in um, because you, you don't, you don't get that necessary. I mean, you don't get the grade or the win or the loss. Uh, it, it, that's a little bit more challenging to define, I think. And so I think um, it'll be important for me. It'll be important to uh, obviously stay very much in tune to the game and and watch as much video and uh, and then you know have an educated opinion on, on on those topics. Sure, you know, Coach, we know you're a chemistry guy. We've seen you in front of zebra audiences, our, our zebra partners, our zebra customers, and you always do a great job of connecting and um, you know making things happen. How do you anticipate your coaching experience will, will translate to TV analysis? Oh, I, I, look, I think there are times when you watch a game or you discuss a game and you have opinions maybe, or you see something taking place that either side of the, the ball, whether it's an offensive or defensive uh, adjustment. And I, I think having coached it and seen that for, for a number of years, I, I think that just helps in your overall expertise. Um, and yet you, you have to present a topic fairly quickly and then, you know, get out of it fairly quickly. So uh, I think those will be some of the challenges relative to the timing. And but but overall, just, the you know, your background knowledge and, and the information that hopefully you can convey to the audience. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of coaching and making that transition, um, do you think you're going to miss coaching at all? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, that's, it's a great question. I, I haven't missed it really yet. You know, the, you're, you're busy with this first year. Um, and there's been, you know, quite a few adjustments relative to, uh, housing and where you're going to live and then getting ready for this upcoming season. Um, but I think, I think it's hard to replace the the feeling of success after you win each weekend. That that's that's something that I think is missed by everyone who's in that arena. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you had mentioned earlier just the importance of being on a team, right? I know um, myself as as a former player uh, on that level as well. I mean, that that is something that I was really searching to try and find with my experience at Zebra. Just another team that you could pour into. Uh, with, you know, heart and soul and, and blood, sweat and tears. And that's really something that um, I think all of us who have played in that uh, played or coached or been a part of just sports on a high level are trying to find that next passion that we can pour ourselves into. So 100 um, percent, I appreciate your response there and uh, I really look forward to you uh, finding that new passion. Yeah, absolutely. And and when we have that, it never feels like we're working then, right. you know, you're yeah. you're 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 um you're so much involved in something like that then it, it doesn't actually feel like you're you're going to work every day 
Exactly. No, and that's a that's a feeling we all want to have, you know, coaches. We kind of, you know, look back for our, our audience. You know, we've got our zebra colleagues sitting at their desk here over lunch break or maybe driving in or two from work. Um, but one thing I've always found inspiring is your path to the NFL, both as a player and a coach. I know you had a similar experience to Hale in the sense that you didn't get picked up in the NFL draft even though you were eligible, but you still kept chasing your dreams until you achieved it. And though, you know, Hale ended up finding an NFL team right out of college, you played, you know, pro in the arena football leagues, the Canadian football leagues, uh, before you found uh, yourself with the Chicago Bears. So can you just take us back to, you know, your journey uh, playing football? And then what was it that inspired you to get into coaching? Yeah, my, my journey, um, and I'll, I'll try to be brief with it, but I, I was a real good college quarterback and my high school coach had a lot to do with that. He was a huge, a huge factor, uh, in, in developing confidence for me as a, as a high school player, I got recruited and played at Eastern Illinois. And then when I finished there, I knew I wanted to continue to try and play. And that next year, that 1987, Man, I I had a tryout with the Chiefs. I was in the Arena Football League briefly, up in the CFL, and quite honestly, at a number of these places, trying to make a roster, trying to make you know make a difference and in, and in, in, uh, get evaluated and 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 stick with the team. Um, I knew I wanted. If I couldn't play, I knew someday then I would eventually want to be, uh, become a coach. And it was then in 1988, I had a chance to become a graduate assistant out at San Diego State. And so that was a, a great opportunity. Obviously, it was a transition, but it was time. And man, I was two years as a GA at San Diego State. Then I was hired uh, for my first full-time job at Indiana State. I was there for two years, back to San Diego State, full-time for two years, Miami of Ohio, University of Illinois which was kind of home for me. And, and I really wanted to be a big 10 uh, head coach. Nice. Um, and then my first opportunity in the NFL came uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles in 1997. So two years with the Eagles, four more with the giants, three with the Cowboys and then to the saints. So I think the one thing I would say is and we talk about this, and, I, and I've talked about this to younger coaches. If you're focused really on the job you have, these other opportunities will come up. You know, it's it's not getting on the phone and, and networking necessarily, but it's it's such a small community. Um, just as the the this just as zebra really is when you look at the relationships in the NFL, and people know when you're doing a good job, and right. and then when that happens. Uh, things take care of themselves. And, and that that's what happened with me. Awesome. Yeah. No, thank you, coach. That's, that's a uh, one heck of a journey. That's, that's for sure. And, you know, I really wanted to focus on that journey aspect for a second, because, you know, you, you had some great advice for you know, other coaches, people who are in a similar situation about networking and things of that nature. You know, what about, how, how would you translate that to us zebras, you know, who are on this journey to try and carve out our careers to try and, you know, help Zebra be the best that it can be, right? You know, talk a little bit about um, just the journey of trying to be a successful teammate and then, you know, kind of navigating that to um, carving out your path as a, as a business person. Yeah, I think, I think one thing that it's important 
is um, regardless of the job that you have now uh, or in the present, um, and whether or not that's specifically or exactly what you're wanting moving forward, uh, you're you're always getting evaluated by your peers, um, just as a person, as a teammate. You know, do you enjoy working with someone? And you don't know which of those people, uh, male or female, which of those people that are working under you are going to go on and be in a position maybe to advance your career because they've had this <clears throat> time frame where they've interacted with you or cross paths with you. And so I, I think it's, it's not, it's, it, well, it is, it's daily that, you know, you're selling yourself a little bit and that's just uh, doing a good job uh, being a real good teammate and in interacting with people, being able to, I think one trait that's very, uh, I would say underrated being able to laugh at yourself and, uh, and take, take coaching. I, I think that's a, uh, an outstanding trait to have. And those people generally, I think advance quicker than those who, who can't do that. And so, um, I, I think that goes a long way. And I think the focus on the task at hand, all the other things, uh, you know, when, when you talk about someone, man, the ball always, always bounces for her, or the, you know, they're always getting the breaks. Generally, those are, those are traits that they have, and that's one of the reasons why that happens. Awesome. Yeah, no, very well said there, and I love that thought there about being able to laugh at yourself and take coaching, and that's something that we you know, as Zebras really try and uh, work that into our individual, individual development plans, just the idea of you know, there's always someone out there who knows more than you, who that you can learn from, mentor, mentee, et cetera, right? And I think that really speaks to the importance of communication uh, and, and what that plays in, in our own journey and development. And speaking of communication, you know, you've, you're, you're getting ready to have a platform to speak to the whole world about football and to a certain extent, the impact of sports on people's lives, players, coaches, trainers, fans, et cetera. You know, I'm curious what you've learned about communication, both as a player and a coach over the years. Yeah, I, I think, look, uh, obviously it's vital uh, to be successful and to be clear with the message um, and the expectation, uh, whether it's a team uh, in, a, in a business setting, whether it's a team in a sports setting or, or even your relationships in a family setting. Um, and so uh, I think that's something we're, we're always working on. I think that's something we can always improve on. And, uh, and, and we also have to be flexible sometimes where we're midstream adjusting a little bit with, with how we're communicating and then the message that we're putting out. Um, certainly that takes place in the, during the course of an NFL season, um, just like it would take place in, in, uh, in a, in a given year with, with any company. So, um, yeah, we're looking to improve in those areas and, and certainly looking to stay up to date with, uh, with our messaging and our communication. Yeah. You know, talking about communication and technology, um, you know, you look at, certainly you've worked with Zebra for a long, many years now, you know, the saints were one of the first 
clubs to be a practice client solution. And then, of course, the full NFL program with Next Gen Stats, in which Zebra was collecting that data. Um, so we have the game evolving. You were part of the competition committee. Uh, certainly, we could talk about technology and um, instant replay, pass interference. But let's get back to, you know, how do you feel technology has influenced your communication style um, or what you communicate to players? Uh, we know that data can help us see things in a different perspective. So would you say that the introduction of techno technology on the front lines of the NFL has helped you better realize how to work with others to get results? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, I think it's it, and it's it's constantly changing. Uh, look, we're teachers at heart, and, and and I think there's a bit of that in all of us. Um, in, in the minute, I think in business or in sports business that we, or at least begin to slow down uh, or halt the learning process. I, I think it slows down the the team effort overall, and. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, how we present to a group change has changed a lot. Um, but the technology within our game, the technology within how we look at film, um, how we evaluate players, all of those things uh, has changed dramatically in my 33 years in coaching and in, in 22 in the NFL. I, I've just seen uh, there, there's, I mean, from the training room, to the classroom, to the field, how we train our athletes, uh, all of that has been impacted by uh, the advancements in technology. Awesome. Yeah, no, very well said there. And I think you're speaking to the heart of us zebras, you know, and, and just the importance of, how, of what technology is doing to uh, revolutionize how we work, how we communicate, um, how we interact with one another, right? And, you know, from everything that you've said, it, it very much sounds like technology has made football easier to some extent, but has there been any instances where it's made it more complicated? Well, it can only make it more complicated if you allow it to. And I think that's part of our jobs is to take the information, the advancement, uh, the advancements, and, and we're just understanding this. We're just, I think, in the, in the very early stages. So how do we want to apply um, how do we want to apply this to our rules? How do we want to apply it to the information our players get? Um, I think that's that's the human element. That's the the element uh, that that we can uh, control. And and I think that's the that's the most important part of this is is the application of it and how it impacts uh, the field that that we're trying to improve. Yeah, no, that's that's well said. And I think, you know, our Zebra colleagues that are listening can can relate to that fact where we've seen innovation uh, in our own applications, innovation in how we work from home. Um, and there's pros to cons to everything, but in how you deal with them and how you maximize uh, the benefits is is what ultimately delivers to results. So, Coach, let me ask you this. Certainly, um, you know, not all coaches or clubs are sold into the idea that technology can help them perform better. You know, there's an old saying out there that, you know, there's two types of coaches and GMs out there when it comes to looking at technology and perhaps data analytics, right? Player tracking. There are, you know, those that don't, those, there are those that subscribe to it. And then there are former coaches and GMs because they then eventually are going to phase out because it, it's a tool in the toolbox. But what are your thoughts about that? 
Yeah, no, it absolutely is, and an important one. Understanding how do we how do we best use our time, and then when you have when you have ways to streamline your work so that your focus then goes to other areas, uh, obviously that's a, a huge plus. Um, I, I think that information has helped us help me uh, change practice schedules, change game planning. Um, all of that, you know, gives you a, a, an edge. And if you have a slight edge over a period of 16 weeks and in the postseason, that's pretty significant. Um, and that equates to that, that equates to winning and losing. Uh, it's just that simple. And, and, um, and so, you know, we, we've never gone out and said, these are the exact areas on how we're using that data or, a certain amount of uh, data maybe that's new. We, we've never come out and said this is um, – that's for the other teams to figure out. And we know what we think works for us. And we also know that that us evaluating ourselves is important. So if we're not constantly looking at becoming more efficient uh, in, in, in getting uh, a step on the opponent, it, it's such a competitive field that um, – you know, you can slip quickly if you're if you're not doing that. Well said, absolutely. And you know, us three here are, are well aware of this, but there might be some zebras, and and definitely maybe a lot of people who uh, don't work for zebra who might not know that zebra is the official player tracking provider of the NFL. <laughs> Um, and there's certainly a lot of really essential data points that we can pull from that. I remember when I was playing, you know, just <clears throat> one of the ones that was absolutely my favorite and that we as players love to compare ourselves to one another uh, was just top speed, right? In a game, trying to figure out, okay, was there any point where I ran faster than my coworker, my 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 player, right? My uh, teammate, was there any point where I beat him or, or ran faster than him? And then you kind of had some bragging rights and that was always drove competition, which made it all really fun and was an instant data point that you could gather to promote uh, competitiveness within your team. So one thing that I want to know, are there any specific data points that you could share that you as a, a coaching staff or just training staff, nutrition staff used to, um, uh, used from that player tracking technology to, um, to to utilize every so often or regularly? Sure. Yep. Um, I, our introduction in the beginning, I would say uh, our introduction to Zebra and in, in, in the Saints started with really how we practiced. Um, and we began to, we began to look at numbers um, to see if we could find outliers, uh, any relationship to, how long a player was on the field, the distance he traveled while he was on the field, uh, and how that impacted his soft tissue recovery and injury rate. Um, and so when we looked at a group, we studied the offensive linemen, defensive linemen, wide receivers. We began to see trends relative to how long they, you know, or how, how not, not only how long they were on the field, but, you know, those groups didn't travel the same. The receivers were at six miles per practice, give or take, and the offensive linemen were at two miles per practice, give or take. Um, and then when we began to see the outlying player that a receiver might have been at eight or at five, you know, why was it he wasn't with the, the group norms? Um, so our introduction really had a lot to do with soft tissue injury 
we're trying to reduce that hamstring injuries, those that come up during training camp, and then understanding, you know, how we're going to uh, cycle practices in, and we're going to build up and then we're going to, you know, gradually uh, build down and then back up again and, and work in a certain direction. Then it began to change um, or not change, but we added the ability to see where the opponent players were on any given play. And we can watch film and we do, we watch a lot of it, but we were able to get these numbers relative to alignments uh, and where players aligned when they were on the field during games. And that, that helped us uh, streamline a, a game plan, or at least understand where an opponent wanted to deploy a certain player. So those are just two examples. Um, one health and safety really, and the other obviously uh, scheme uh, in, in what we want to do as we prepare for an opponent. Um, I think those are just beginning. We're going to see it in officiating. We're going to see it with rules. The chip uh, is in the ball now, not just the players. And we have the ability to mark a first down where the ball goes out of bounds, all of those things. Uh, I think we're just in the early stages of it. Yeah, you know, I agree with you there, Coach. And certainly we've seen a great you know, evolution of technology uh, enhancing the way that the fans see the game, how coaches can actually coach and practice and the, what you were doing with the Saints from a health and safety standpoint. And, you know, you look at it, if the players subscribe to, you know, looking at the load, for example, how hard that workout was, you know, coach, when you were growing up and I was growing up, you know, if coach said we were going to have a hard practice, well, you know, how did you measure that? By how much water you drank after, you know, the sprints and the drills? Now you have the ability to actually manage individual players. And I think, you know, if players subscribe to that, they can realize that they can, you know, they can extend their playing career. And, and you're seeing more and longer players and certainly, you know, Tom Brady's one extreme, right? But if you look at the the wide receivers or linemen or running backs and they do these things between and your clubs are doing, you know, monitoring the sleep at night to you look at what you put in your body, right? In the weight room and then the player tracking that we do from the zebra side, it's all part of that toolbox. But at the end of the day, if you subscribe to that as a player and, and the coaching staff realizes it as well, and there's a culture buy-in, the player's gonna benefit the 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 team and the club is going to benefit and it's just a it's a solid success for the NFL to have a more health and safety regulated um you know performance and in overall aspect of the game yeah i look i you're 100% right you that's that's winning and we're we're constantly learning um new ways uh not only to teach but to recover to prepare I, and and I think today's player wants that too more than more than ever. I think you're right about that. And you know, you've been tied to the NFL for 30 over 30 plus years. And it's you've seen the whole, you know, game change from the NFL level but also from the Pop Warner leagues to high school and college. Um what do you think has been the most dramatic change um that you've experienced or you've seen and what do you think the league like might look like for players and coaches um, in the next 20 years from now? Ah, that's, that's a great question. Uh, one of the first things that I saw and was a part of when I was coaching in college is when we moved from, you know, we used to have 16 millimeter film. And so our games and practice were filmed and 
you could only watch that film in one cut. You know, so if you made cut ups and put the runs together, then that's where you watched them. You weren't able to watch third down and get the same plays and the runs. And, and so we had the one clip of that film. We went to super VHS in, oh shoot, 1998. Yeah. 99. And, and that was a step where we were now on video jump all the way forward to how we're digital now and how we watch film is no different really than how our, how we, put a playlist together for music. You can ask for anything and it's available. Uh, one play can exist in 10 different areas in a cut up as opposed to back when you just, you only were able to see it uh, um, with, with one clip of 16 millimeter film. So the, the film and how we watch the games changed dramatically and how we, how we cut it up and study it has changed dramatically. I, I think, um, where is it 20 years from now, 30 years from now? That's a great question. Obviously, let's let's not forget the greatest thing about ball relative to the other sports is the back and forth and the tie to television. It, it's such a great television television product, and and I think I think the fans like seeing the player data and they like seeing uh, these these things that um, you know time traveled, how fast they were on the field. They're, they've been playing 70% of this game. You know, it's still, it's still driven by the television audience. And that's the unique thing about our sport. It, it fits in the three hour time window. There's a two minute warning for TV. There's halftime, there's between quarters. And so uh, I think you, you have to start there and then look forward. Yeah, no, masterfully uh, stated and I couldn't agree more in the sense that we've all grown up you know with football not always going to them live and then you're right that television production is something very special um, and it brings out the emotions and the suspense and the back and forth and what's going to be neat for you this year is that you're going to have a front row seat from the broadcast studio and they're alike and um, you'll you're going to be an unbiased observer here for the first time in a long time yeah, it, it will be unique, and I think um, anytime we change uh, what we're doing in a career, uh, obviously the, there's excitement with that, and there's there's also a little uneasiness just because it's new. Uh, but I think that's uh, I think that's good, and I think that's healthy. Absolutely, and you know you talked a little bit about the new job and just that transition, and you know we would like you to get a, a little bit of a jump start on that with us if you don't mind. So Adam and I spent the whole last episode analyzing the draft outcomes and offering our opinions for the upcoming season and you know what's going to happen here, etc. So I really have two questions for you: Who are the underdog players and teams to watch, and who do you think will be the strongest Super Bowl contenders this year? Uh, let's let's start with uh, the teams. Uh, look, I think you have to look at the the teams that have been successful here the last two or three seasons. Those, those are the teams that uh, I think everyone will, you know, has to has to knock off the block. Uh, if you started in the NFC East, I, I think it starts with Dallas and the success they've had. They've done a great job there with their roster, uh, and I think that that is a quarterback that. Uh, uh, 
certainly has shown he can win at a high level. Uh, that I think is is the first team I think of in that division. If you go to the NFC West, um, you know you have the, the Super Bowl champion Rams that they've gotten better. Uh, Stafford will be in his second season with them, and after already winning a Super Bowl, um, I, I think that's the team that obviously uh, everyone, not just the NFC or the NFC West, is shooting to beat. Um, in the NFC North, uh, I, I think as as long as Aaron Rodgers is up there, I, I, they're a challenging team. Um, now there's been changing quite a bit of change in that division, coaching changes, and uh, and and obviously with players uh, after this year's draft. But I think still it would be Green Bay, and then in the South, um, I'm going to try to be unbiased, but I think I think it's between Tampa and New Orleans. Uh, I think. You know, Tampa is, is advanced to the postseason. New Orleans, um, for the last five years, uh, has, has done the same. Um, I think those are the, the two teams there that are that are fighting to win that division. Um, in the AFC, if I just started back in the AFC and, and went to the East, uh, I think Buffalo, it, it's, we've seen a changing a little bit of it. I don't want to say changing of the guard New England with, with Bill and, and their program is, is always going to be, uh, tough, but Buffalo and, and success we've seen them have, uh, they're going to, they're going to be the team to beat in the, in the AFC East, um, in the AFC North, uh, we saw Cincinnati that, that that's been a division we've seen quite a bit of change in when you look at um, certainly Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati. I I look to see Baltimore bounce back, and and I think Cincinnati the the same will, will be a team that is built not just for the short haul, but a little bit more for the long haul. Um, out west, uh, I still think the the Chiefs uh, are are the team you have to beat in that division. Uh, I know that the Chargers, Broncos, there's been a ton of change uh, with with those teams as well as the Raiders. But I, I think Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are a pretty good combination. And then in the AFC South, um, we saw Tennessee win that division last year. Uh, I think there's a little bit more parity there. I think Indianapolis is a team that can that can push. Uh, and then Jacksonville and Houston are, are are trying to climb and build their program. So it's a quick overview on the teams. I, I think it's always interesting to see the draft um, and to see the influx of players that that these teams acquire and and you know who who gets off to a real good start. It's it's hard to play as a rookie. Um, it really is. But there are some players that are a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more quicker, I guess, picking things up and 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 have success. And, and there's some players that it's going to take two or three years, depending on the position they're in. Uh, we always want to look to the quarterback position to see uh, the early success of a player. I think it's going to be harder with this year's class. Uh, I don't know that I see that with any rookie quarterback, but there's quite a few rookie receivers I think we're going to see make impacts this year. And and I think that would be the one position I'd focus on. If you were looking at uh, rookies that came into our league and played early, it would be that position this year.
Well said. Yeah, no, thank you, Coach. That's an excellent overview of, number one, just really the entire NFL landscape. So thank you for that. But also the some of the impact players. And, you know, I would certainly agree what we've seen over the past couple of years uh, with people like C.D. Lamb and uh, people like Devontae Smith, for instance, being able to come in early as a receiver uh, and really make an impact. And I think you'll you'll be able to see that, too, with guys like Jamison Williams uh, this year and, and more uh, beyond that. So very well said. Um, you know, kind of something that we like to do at Zebra is, is really look beyond um, the individual person and really try to understand who they are, uh, find out all of their stripes, if you will, if, we, if I could use a Zebra adage. So what's something that maybe the world doesn't know about you, right? You've been very uh, publicized your entire life. Uh, and, you know, is there any hidden talent or, or hobby that you would feel comfortable sharing that we, we might be able to know a little bit more about you for? Man, I'm trying to think of a hidden talent. Look, I, I'm, I like a lot of people. I like being outside. Um, a ton of activities that, you know, when you're when you're not at work, traveling and being around family, those are important things to me. Um, I think I can be funny at times, and and uh, but I, I think that family element. Um, my children are up here now. We're we're spending some time uh, this summer together. And then, you know, having a chance to see different cultures and travel. I, I, those are things that, that I enjoy now, um, post coaching and, and having the time to do that. Awesome. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's wonderful. And, uh, certainly we, we could, you can see that with just how you, uh, talk about that. And that's always something that's extremely important. And, uh, we really appreciate that honest and, and open answer there. And, uh, the entire Zebra Nation thanks you as well. I like it. I appreciate it. For sure. Hey, Coach, how about this? You know, long time in, in Nolens there. You're going to miss you're gonna miss the beignets? I, I'm, not, I'm not leaving New Orleans. I, I'm placed there. Um, I don't know the beignets would be the first thing that, that I'd say I was going <laughs> to miss. But certainly there's a, a – you, you never want to leave that food behind. There's so many great restaurants in, in – uh, uh, great places to eat. Um, we were just back in New Orleans here, shoot, three weeks ago, and uh, and that'll still be a place we call home. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Coach, we have thoroughly enjoyed um, our time together, and thank you uh, for, for giving us all this time here today and the insights and this Q&A and dialogue back and forth. You know, would love uh, to reconnect perhaps maybe week nine of the uh, NFL season. We'll get in touch, see if we can't you know, get it from the horse's mouth in the sense of how it's all been and um, get to the latest on what we're doing at Zebra. Yeah, I, w I look forward to it and uh, and we'll plan on it. Um, it's exciting uh, and uh, I enjoy it uh, just as much as you guys. Well, we certainly do appreciate it and um, we wish you all the success. We, we want you to enjoy the downtime and the quality time with the family. And certainly we know you're going to put the homework in here to get ready for the broadcast. So all the best to you. And so with that, it's been super treat to have you on Chalk Talk. Um, for all of you sports fans and especially all of you Sean Payton fans, we want you to encourage to navigate to the Your Edge blog now at www.zebra.com forward slash blog and check out some of the Zebra's past interviews and blog posts featuring Sean and other NFL legends. If you don't want to miss any of our NFL or sports related reporting, be sure to click on the subscribe button on the right hand corner of every blog page. 
We wouldn't want you to miss a single episode of Chalk Talk, your source for exclusive tech-informed sports facts. I'm Adam Petrus. And I'm Hale Henches. And we will see you next time.